What's up, everyone? My name is Green, and today on After the Show, we talk about franchises or new IPs. No, we're not talking about Subway or McDonald's, but rather existing franchises or totally new gaming properties. Do you love playing game after game in the same world? Or are you always looking for that new shiny gem? This episode was recorded on November 24, 2020. Now that AMD has launched their next-gen graphics cards, Crane fills us in on their unique situation of why Tawansil has plenty of stock of all the cards. Adam finally got his PS5 and also lets us know some problems Amazon has been having with PS5 deliveries. As always, if you like what we do, please follow our YouTube, Twitch and Facebook channel. It really does help and makes a huge difference. Prepare for After the Show. Hello and welcome back to After the Show. Today we'll be going over some interesting news and diving straight into our top. Do you love your existing franchises or are you someone who is thirsting for new IPs? Let's get Adam's take. Uh, I'll admit I'm definitely a fanboy when it comes to certain franchises. Final Fantasy, Armored Core, Valkyria Chronicles. You've heard me mention all three. And as soon as they're like, new game, shut up and take my money. This topic reminds me very much of an argument I had with my brothers and some people. I could watch a thousand episodes of my favorite show and never get bored. Gaming works the same. They made a Borderlands every year for 10 years. I would just buy them and play them all. Uh, But before we get too carried away, let's talk about the news. Sure. So I have something that's, I guess, not quite news, but maybe relevant to some gamers out there, PC gamers in particular. So as you know... Everyone's been looking for 330 series cards from NVIDIA and the 6000 series from AMD. All were sold out in Western countries and quite a lot few, quite a lot of other places as well. But I had a quick look the other day because, as you know, I'm still thinking about changing my graphics card. I have a 1080 GTX. And I looked at a chart the other day and it's like, oh my god, the, the 3070 $500 graphics card is almost double has doubled the performance of my 1080 GTX in 4K as well. So uh, this is my first piece of news. So pardon for those people who can't read Chinese. My Chinese reading is bad. Um, as you can see over here in this picture, you can see, yeah, this store close to, very close to Adam's house and somewhat close to my house is fully stocked with 3070s, has 3080s as well. I could go into the store, pick one up today if I wanted to. And let me show you the second picture for the 6000 series. The 6000 series, yep all stocked as well in Taiwan. Uh, Why this is a really bit of interesting information, if you've never been to Taiwan or lived here, even in Asia in general, people play games very differently. Maybe I could be a disconnected, high-level gamer. Who knows? But people here, especially loads of kids, loads of students, uh, even older gamers tend to play very simple games. I have a a student friend of mine, uh, he's in his early 30s, and he plays this game, Lineage 2. And that game looks horrible, horrible. I mean, he has this horribly basic computer, and that's all. Like, this is the game he plays. He plays computer games, that's it. And he's satisfied with that, and I'm like, oh, wow. So that's why in Taiwan, these cards are out. They are slightly expensive. Uh, that's another reason. It's a political reason as well. We won't get into that today, but they are slightly expensive. But that's why, you know, if you want to buy them, you can just pick up a phone, call a Taiwanese retailer today and say, hey, can you send me a card to America? Because people here, I mean, most of my students play Roblox. I mean, they play Minecraft, they play games like Lineage, they play older RPGs. I don't know too many Taiwanese gamers besides Hans, friend of the show. He plays modern games and he spends money on his computer. But most people are not going to spend five, six hundred US dollars on a graphics card. 
which is why we have stuck here. What do you think, Adam? Any thoughts? Any, any? I mean, you've loved it as long as I have. A- any comments about yeah. Taiwanese gaming? No, I agree. Uh, people do seem to stick with kind of the simpler games. There's not that. I think part of the part of it is just kind of a, an aesthetic thing. A lot of obviously being very close to Japan and having ties with Japan in the past, um, Taiwanese culture does have a lot of Japanese influence, and I think because of that, they do kind of go for simpler, more cartoony graphics. I think it's just kind of a preference. I mean, we see games that are kind of like that. Genshin Impact, that sort of thing is super popular here. But Genshin Impact, it looks nice, but it's not super graphically intensive. It's not, you know, you're, it's not your Call of Duty or, you know, you're, you're not seeing beads of sweat dripping down realistic looking skin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I, I do see like there's a really popular kind of go-karting game uh, that people play on their phones here. And it's super, super simple. I think part of that is because a lot of those games are relatively, you can get them for kind of free. And so because of that, I think people will make these really, really simple games for free, put them online, maybe sell some cosmetic stuff. And yeah, I think people just aren't as not wild, but they're just, uh, they're, they're not looking for graphics. So they're looking for something else. Exactly. And, and it's, it's definitely, while this may come up as we're criticizing, but it, it's not a bad thing. You know, I've learned later on in my life that graphics aren't everything. And people here are happy, you know, less consumerism is a good thing. You know, save the world and the environment and all that stuff. Yeah, give me a Katamari game. Yes, yes, yes. You, you've mentioned that as well. But yeah, but I mean, and we see it in the States too. I, I think probably the best comparison would be maybe something like RuneScape which was an MMO, yes. but it was free. But if you looked at it, I mean, that was really, even for its time, the graphics were dated. You know, you could tell that this is very a very simple polygonal kind of simple game. But because it was free, because it was easily accessible, it got really, really popular. And I think that that's just kind of the general model. Whereas in, in America, you know, a game like, say, League of Legends or, you know, RuneScape, might be they're not the big games they're popular but they're not the big ones like call of duty or whatever you come over here those kind of games are the big ones the call of duties are your smaller less popular games so exactly i think that's kind of the reasoning there but yeah so but you you, i i'm i hate to do it but you said that there was a slight political motivation i'm curious well, it, it comes down to free trade agreements. My older brother was always puzzled. Like, I mean, Asus, uh, MSI, Power Color, not Power Color. Uh, there are about three or four Taiwanese companies that make graphics cards. I mean, they are Taiwanese companies. Why don't we get them cheaper or at least for the same price in the States? And then it comes down to free trade agreements. A lot of components and stuff that are shipped here or that are shipped to China are just, you know, we don't, Taiwan is not part of any free trade agreements because for some people, Taiwan is not considered a country. And so they're not part of the WTO, which is a big thing. And so that means that we usually pay, I mean, anywhere from 50 to to $100 extra for some graphics cards. So if you're looking at the 6800, which you can see on my screen right now. Which is ironic, that, thing we're manufacturing them. Exactly. So the 6800 is not too bad. I mean, that's 580 US dollars. But with current exchange rate, it should be 17,200, 17,300. But as you can see on the screen over there, it's $18,290. So 
I mean, that's 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 not too bad, but it's still we still pay extra for a lot of electronic stuff, which is why I tend to buy stuff straight from Amazon on Black Friday and ship it straight here, and it ends up being cheaper. So ironic. And so unfortunate. But yeah, are you still debating on which cards you want or if you're going to upgrade to consoles or are you getting kind of closer to a decision? I have to say is is you having a PS5 is, is really put the knot in my stomach uh, <laughs> right there. But no, I'm, I'm still probably tending more towards a card. What I might be getting just for money is GTX 3070 because I thought the 6800 wouldn't be that expensive, but it is $80 more expensive. And I like the idea of having 16 gigabytes of RAM on the card but it's just the cost is just uh i mean eighty dollars is not huge but i i don't want to be spending it if i don't have to okay and on a side yeah. note yes we have the ps5 i installed it we did the kind of the live thing of me installing it on sunday which was two days ago i was a little bit busy with stuff yesterday so that is why we are not doing a review of the ps5 today because i unfortunately it's been spending a lot of time reinstalling my games and everything, but we will be doing a full review of it next week. So make sure that you are here so that you can ask us questions and we can answer them in real time. Because if you ask us questions after the fact, it's not going to be as good. Um, no, it is not. But yeah, so moving on to my news, and it is PS5 related. So this came out last week. PS5s and Xboxes, as we know, are very difficult to come by. And unfortunately, some people who pre-ordered them on Amazon have been waiting... And they are still waiting, even though they should have received them by now. Well, in the case of some people, they are receiving their boxes. And when they open their boxes, they are finding things like George Foreman grills or Nerf guns or things completely unrelated to the PS5. Now, why this is happening is not quite clear. It is not 100% sure if it is on the Amazon end and there's just kind of an error and some... Packages are getting mixed up. Another possibility, people have been reporting that postal service workers have been figuring out which boxes have PS5s, opening them up, taking the PS5s out, and swapping them for other things. So that's definitely a possibility. I've also seen news of postal workers who will show up at the house because their trucks have the GPS. They'll show up at a house, stop, mark off the packages delivered, and then drive off without actually delivering wow. the package. Um, so, but yeah, so this Amazon thing, you are physically getting a box, but then you, know, you open it up and it's not what you think it is. So what's causing it? We're not quite sure. It might be on Amazon's and Amazon is looking into it. They're going to try to figure out what's going on. So if you did order your PS5 and you did not get your PS5, you got something else, Amazon will be looking into it. They will likely help you out to get a new one. Unfortunately, though, given how hard it is to get one right now, that's just going to push you back down even further on the list. And it's just going to be. And that's why this is important news is because it is if if they could replace it in a, in a decent time frame, it might not be a huge deal. It'd be inconvenient. But hey, you know what? It's still going to arrive in plenty of time for Christmas. Now, if you don't have it, you know, Having that, yay, we finally got it. I'm going to wrap it up. And little Jimmy's going to be super happy because he's going to get a PS5 under the tree. Ugh, might not arrive in Christmas time now because, yeah. So uh, this is very unfortunate news. feel very bad for anybody that has to deal with that. I can only imagine how that would feel to open up a package and get a George Foreman. No, I mean, not even to mention, I can add a little bit of something to this, is that 
if you're living outside of America and you've bought something from Amazon in America, and there are possibilities to get PS5s from Amazon, but we had an issue with anything. My partner just bought two frying pans and they were shipped in a horrible way, uh, one on top of the other. One is a, a nice, expensive French frying pan and it was placed underneath a cast iron frying pan and the cast iron frying pan you can imagine flying from the east coast of america to taiwan was horribly scratched and of course there are no free returns if you're outside of america amazon is not going to pay because you pay 50 55 dollars to ship stuff from from america to taiwan amazon's not going to refund you why would you pay money to return another 50 dollars to return it and to get another one. So we spoke to Amazon. And I was like, oh, sorry. Here's $25. That, that, that's the extent of the compensation we got for that same thing. So I can imagine in America, sure, you're going to wait. But if you're outside of America, ooh, you're really out of luck. You're going to get a, a, a $25 or $50 discount on your $500 PS5. Uh, that's ridiculous. They didn't even put like newspapers between them or anything? They put stuff on top to make sure the frying pans didn't move, but they didn't put anything to to in between the two frying That's pans. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. This is common sense, people. So she was really, really angry. and But Amazon, I mean, to their very slight credit. Oh, camera, you're hiding my fingers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, like, we sent a complaint and within two hours, immediately got a refund for 25 bucks. We could escalate it if we wanted to, but I mean, it's it's neither here nor there. So we just, now we know, but who knows? So definitely, if you're buying stuff through Amazon, you definitely got to be careful. All right. And let that be a lesson to everybody out there. This is a very important life skill. Don't give up. Keep going at it. All right. We've been, uh, our PS5 that we got, you know, we tried all the normal channels. Like I said, we had uh, four people trying to order one at the same time. We ended up getting very lucky with the fella knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. But, uh, you know, keep trying just because you don't get something on the first try, you know, use every avenue you have. And it's the same thing with these Amazon things where if, you know, something like that happens to you, don't just let it go, you know, keep pushing. Yes, yes. No, I, I t totally agree. Squeaky I'm wheel gets the grease. That's what my mom always says. So I love that saying. <laughs> I like the God helps those that help themselves. <laughs> That's also pretty good. I, I remember that from Catholic school. I remember that from a story about Hercules. <laughs> so, all right. I never knew you went to Catholic school. All right. So uh, now moving into our franchises versus new IPs. So this is kind of a debate that uh, I was having online and gave me an idea to make this into a topic. So... For me, basically, this is going to be talking about should games or should developers be working on new IPs or should they be milking those franchises for every drop of money that they're worth? And there's definitely two sides of this. Some people are definitely like, be creative, create new IPs, blah, 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 blah. And other people are like, come on, it's a business. Franchises are an easier sell. So in my personal case, I'm definitely a fanboy for certain franchises. I've already expressed three of them that I will pay money for sight unseen. So that's me. And I do feel that, for example, a good way, to, if you do have a new IP, probably the best way to sell me a new IP is to say, it's like blank, right? So for example, when we did the uh, spiritual successors for Halloween, 
I picked Pray to the Gods. And the only thing that really when I found it was because I was like, oh, what are some other games like Shadow of the Colossus? And it came and it popped up. And of course, they're like, this is a spiritual successor to Shadow of the Colossus. And I'm like, a new Shadow of the Colossus game? Yay! Even though it is technically a new IP, it's basically I'm only going into it because of a previous game I've played. So I'm a big fan of spiritual successors because they kind of bring the best of both worlds. You're getting that I already know what kind of game this is. I know what the gameplay is going to be like, but they don't come with the baggage that a franchise has. So they can provide innovation and people aren't going to be like, oh, it's too different. I don't like it. So uh, and that's going to kind of the difference between, say, a knockoff and a spiritual successor. So a knockoff, you have a lot of games that are basically just completely 100% trying to copy a previous game. And those are usually not that bad. But spiritual successors I like because they take elements of it, but they change it up. So for example, a good game that kind of is on that fine line would be Genshin Impact. Everybody is saying, oh, it's a knockoff of, of uh, Breath of the Wild. It's a Breath of the Wild clone, right? How many times have we heard Monster Hunter clone? You know, all these games now are Monster Hunter clones. Uh, Soul Sacrifice is a Monster Hunter clone. Freedom Wars is a Monster Hunter clone. And so by saying that, people are basically trying to dismiss these franchises. But at the same time, a lot of these franchises will add things that the main game doesn't have and, and, and spend it in their own way. So I do think that franchises are an easier sell. I mean, obviously, if I attach the name Assassin's Creed to a game, everybody immediately knows the franchise. Everybody immediately knows what kind of game it's basically going to be. For example, Ma uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to uh, please everybody. Mass Effect Andromeda, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's not Shepard. There's no Reapers. There's none of this. There's none of that. You know, it's too different. And a lot of people were complaining because it doesn't have a lot of these things from the beginning, you know, from the original games because stuff had changed. You're following a different crew. None of the stories carried over. It's a fresh start. And a lot of people did not like that. And other people didn't like it for the exact opposite reason. It's too much the same. They didn't do enough things new. They didn't innovate. And I feel like if they had just, if, if say, what is it? If, if Bioware had just come out and said, we're releasing this new game, Andromeda. It's a sci-fi game. You know everybody would have been like, oh, it's, it's a Mass Effect knockoff. But if they didn't have that Mass Effect name on it, I think it might have been a little bit more successful just because people wouldn't have that baggage when they're coming into it. Assassin's Creed is, is very much the same. The newer games are going this new RPG route. Old school fans are like, I hate it. It's awful. You know, I, I, I because Assassin's Creed comes with baggage. But again, at the same time, new people are jumping into it. I've always heard of Assassin's Creed, but I've never played one before. I want to try this out to see what it's like, you know. And if it was just a game called Valhalla, they might have just skipped it because it was just this one, this once off game. So things like that. So I do think that games are, are, are unfairly are unfairly judged based on baggage of franchises. Another great example, I think, and probably my favorite example in this particular case would be Fallout 76, where Fallout 76 definitely had its issues, but 
some of them like graphical and whatnot. But one of the biggest issues that people had and complained a lot about were no human NPCs, no story of which to speak. None of this stuff It's just purely exploration. And they hated that. And they were saying like, oh, this is a terrible Fallout game. Well, guess what? Bethesda wasn't making Fallout 5. They were making Fallout 76. It was supposed to be a spinoff. It was not supposed to be a mainline Fallout game. It was supposed to be different. It was supposed supposed to be experimental. You know, it's kind of like with Final Fantasy, if they made a, you know, a game, Final Fantasy 14, because it's 14, people would have expected it to be a mainline game. If they called it Final Fantasy Online, people would have been, had very, very different expectations. Now we're, now we've gotten used to it. So now it's not an issue anymore. But yeah, in this case, and now Fallout 76, because all these people complained because it wasn't a true Fallout experience, even though it was never supposed to be that. Now they're adding in NPCs. Now they're adding in stories. And it, 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 so on the one side, franchises can make it easier to sell a game and get it out there. But at the same time, it almost stifles creativity on a certain level because yeah, innovation is frowned upon. That's kind of my take. I do like fresh IPs, Horizon Zero Dawn. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. I wanted to play it because people had said like, oh, you know, it's this kind of open world game. And if you've played games like Black Flag, hey, I've played Black Flag, you know, it'll be great. And I'm like, yay. So, but I do feel like unless, and that's the other thing too, is uh, unless an IP fits a certain niche, it can be a really, really hard sell. For And, and normally we would say like, well, it's an IP. IPs are inherently niche. And it's like, yes, but it has to fit a pre-established niche. You know, when a game like, uh, I, I don't know how it's pronounced, but Watam, which is created by the guy who made Katamari. How many people have heard of that game, let alone played it, right? Never heard of it. Exactly. So, because it's not part of a franchise. We've heard of Katamari. We have not heard of Watam. It's made by the same guy. And the people that have heard of it only know about it, probably, because they're fans of Katamari. And they follow Katamari. And they saw something about, from the creator of Katamari. Otherwise, this game would never be seen by anybody. So I do think that if you are a if if a IP creates a niche, it's not going to be an easy sell, and I think that is going to cause people to not try to create too many of them. So you almost have to say, "This is an Assassin's Creed clone. This is a Monster Hunter clone," and that is why you should watch this podcast and let us know which games you should re- uh, we should review. Games that you haven't heard of so that we can review them and get them out there. So there's my shameless plug for getting you to uh, email us. And That's a nice segue. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's go back to your Fallout 76 point. Like, like you mentioned that because of it being an existing franchise, you know, it didn't do so well. But I mean, when Fallout 76 came out, I feel like, like and, and, and you're right in a sense that they had this idea of making this online fallout sort of new idea or new direction to take the game. But at the same time, I think they sort of disenfranchised players like, like me who were like, okay, I don't want to play any online fallout. Uh, the same with Elder Scrolls online when after Elder Scrolls Skyrim and Elder Scrolls online came out, I'm like, what, what there's PVP in this. Oh no, there's no safe zones. Oh, every time I leave the main city, I'm going to get ganked by multiple people. You know, it's, I think when you eliminate people in, you know, new directions, maybe not new IPs, 
players from your base, I think people have a right to be angry about that. I agree with that. And I would say to an extent in a game like, say, I, I would be more for that in a game like, say, Assassin's Creed, which is a main line game. You know, where, where fans of the original game were kind of like, oh, hey, you know, we've been fans, we've been loyal for all this time, and now you're changing up the formula. And there is a level of selling out where it's kind of like, you guys have sold out. You're just trying to make a mainstream game. You're you're, appeal- you're appealing to casual gamers, right? And, and for a game like Assassin's Creed, I would, I would, I, I don't know if I would agree with it, but I would definitely see it. But for me, in a game like Fallout 76, because, okay, so if, if, if I'm a Fallout player and I say, I don't want an online Fallout game, so you shouldn't make it for other people who do. You know, for me, that's kind of a, 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 a fan elitism thing, you know, where it's kind of like, I'm a fan of this. I own this franchise. Other people can't have it. It has to be what I want, not, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like if, for me, it would be like if you have a band Okay, so my, my wife really enjoys a, a Taiwanese singer. Her name is Ame, right? And she's this Taiwanese pop singer. And she's pretty popular. Well, Ame wanted to create stuff that was outside of her main line. You know, so she does. she's a pop singer. She does pop music. And she's kind of the uh, Mariah Carey kind of diva, big voice kind of person. Well, she also really enjoys kind of the punk rocker kind of thing and she knew that if she if she made the that kind of music her fans would be like oh my god like no you know they'd be mad so she created this alternate persona amit and so you know she'll have amit concerts and she'll have ame concerts and in the amit concert she'll just do her punk rock thing and in the ame concert she'll do kind of her traditional thing but you know for me, it would be like if you're a band or a singer and you have you become famous for a certain style of music. And you say, I'm not going to do that style anymore. I would agree with the fans, you know, like, hey, you know, we've been loyal all this time. We're the ones that made you famous, you know, and now you're abandoning us. Yeah, it's kind of like an appreciation thing, right? You, you know, I appreciate sure. you guys making me big. I'm going to keep making content for you. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair for the fans to say, hey, we own you and you can never be anything that we don't approve of, you know? So like in this case, she knew that she had to have a second brand in order to do this other style that she wanted to and not alienate her own fans. And for me, that's what Fallout 76 is, is it's not Fallout 5. If it was if it was Fallout 5 and they made it online, I could definitely see main Fallout people being like, uh-oh, they're moving in this direction. This is not a direction I like, right? And that's how a lot of Final Fantasy fans felt with Final Fantasy XI, again with Final Fantasy XIV. These aren't your traditional JRPGs. That's how a lot of people felt with uh, Final Fantasy XV when it moved away from turn-based combat, right? A lot of the old school fans got mad and they're like, this is not our franchise. You're taking away something we enjoy and that makes us unhappy. But with Fallout 76, it was very much, we're going to make Fallout 5. This is Fallout, you know, if, if they had made it completely different, like uh, there's Fallout Tactics back on the old PC, right? You know, if, if they were like, we're making a Fallout Tactics game and people are like, that's not how Fallout works. We don't want that. You cannot make Fallout Tactics. We're going to we're going to review bomb it immediately out the gate with, you know, sight unseen. And, and I mean, 
in their defense, Fallout 76 had a lot of issues. So it did deserve a lot of the it did deserve a lot of the criticisms that it got. I'm just saying that some of those criticisms I don't agree with because I feel that it's a form of elitism in the gaming community that we do often see where it's this is I'm a fan. I know what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be for me. You can't have this because you're not a fan, you know? No, no, and I agree. I, I, I agree that fans don't own anything. I mean, the franchises, the singers, they belong to themselves. And, and it's, it got me thinking that maybe a lot of this comes down to communication as well as companies sort of come out the gate and say, hey, this is this awesome new game. And they sort of build up excitement to drum up sales, uh, not just games. I mean, you know, maybe music maybe books, maybe something else. Uh, it goes back to the story of J.K. Rowling, you know, releasing that book and under a pen name and the sales being mediocre. And as soon as she told, hey, by the way, that's actually me, sales went up. And uh, I mean, it, it, even with us, right, we're middle-aged gaming, right? We became middle-aged technology, you know, because still our most popular video on YouTube is the one where we talk about your headset and my headset, which is still gaining views on a daily basis. You know, that that would be a thing, you know, if people are like, oh, my God, these guys have totally given up gaming. Oh, I've watched this for gaming. Why are they changing to technology? And it's 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 a problem. No, I completely agree. Yeah. If, if we did a second now, if we were running two podcasts in parallel, so we had a gaming podcast and a tech podcast, I would say, you know what? You guys have zero reason to complain. You can't you know, that's not fair to say, hey. Don't do that. But yeah, if, if we were like, we're abandoning this format and then the fans are like, no, you know, that that I totally get. And I do agree. I, I think in the case of Fallout 76, I think part of. I I think I think you're right in that Bethesda did not do a great job in. They were definitely trying to run on the Fallout momentum. They really probably should have up front just right out said, hey, guys, this is not a mainline fallout game this is this is a spinoff don't expect the fallout experience this is different and i mean they did say that but they they probably could have emphasized it a bit more i mean that loads of companies who build up i, I mentioned the elder scrolls you know when the elder scrolls online first came out you know people are like oh my god this is not like skyrim the combat is so different there are no safe areas you can't play this as a single player game throughout the entire game and it really comes down to competition and companies being more honest and saying, Hey, we know you're looking forward to this. Please wait. You know, we're coming out with the Elder Scrolls six, five. God, you told me this before, whatever six. the next single player one's going to be. Yeah. And just say, Hey, wait it out. Maybe give the Elder Scrolls online a try. There is single player content, but this is a multiplayer game. And just go with that. Um, Orcs must die. They did the online thing and they failed. You know, people were like, man, we love the single player stuff. And the developers, Robot Entertainment, went and said, hey, try out this online multiplayer. They wanted to ca cash in on the whole sort of multiplayer mobile kind of stuff that time. And again, they didn't communicate well with the players. And then you have the robot, I should say, Ox Must Die 3 exclusively on Stadia to make up for the money. Yeah, no, Elder Scrolls, I think, is a perfect example because... I don't think it was Bethesda. I think it was more of websites where they were like, oh my God, have you ever wanted to play Skyrim with your friends? Well, now you can because Elder Scrolls Online is coming out. And I think Bethesda never said that, but they never denied it either. So they kind of like, okay, yes. you know, if that's what's going to drum up sales. Um, 
But yeah, I think if they had come out and they said, okay, guys, this is Elder Scrolls Online. This is what's different. And they just came right out and they said, you know, this is how this is going to work. This is how that's going to work. This is not your main Elder Scrolls game. This is, I think the reception, people might've been a little, a little bit softer, but I, I do also feel that in today's day and age, people are kind of, I feel like people sometimes want a reason to complain. <laughs> and so they'll go out of their way to complain about anything. Well, okay, maybe not in some, maybe in more cases, unfortunately, but I, I think in some ways, you know, it goes back to, Ex, you know the idea of accessibility in gaming and that if you have this established franchise even with new ips you've got to cater for the casuals like me as much as i hate to say it you've got to cater for the people who want that online component you've got to cater for the people who want to play with their friends easy mode and yes yes exactly and, and you've got to make it so that and try your best i mean nothing is perfect so that Everybody who plays your game, especially if you're making a large game. Now, if you're making a, a small game like Untitled Goose Game, of course, that's fine. But if you're making an Elder Scrolls, if you're making a Fallout, if you're making a Final Fantasy that has this established history, you've got to do your best to try and make the game accessible as possible within reason. And if you don't, you communicate to your players and say, hey, we've tried this. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Uh, Cyberpunk did it with 2077. They wanted to include all this stuff. They say, look, we tried this. It didn't work. Fans hated it, but at least they know up front we're not getting this stuff in the game. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. So, I mean, you know, even in real life, communication, 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 that is the key. So what about you? Uh, in general, would you say you prefer IPs or you prefer franchises? Like I mentioned in the intro, for me, definitely franchises. I'm always wary about new IPs, but it, you know, sometimes they work out. But I, I love, just like my TV shows, I really miss franchises that have disappeared, like the Command and Conquer franchises. Are other franchises Neverwinter Nights? Oh, the old, old RPG Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2. Oh, I miss that. So I, I, I like things that go on and on and on and on and on and never end. Uh, maybe Final Fantasy would have been a good game for me if I had gotten to a PlayStation. They have it on PC. Yes, yes, I just never, you know, too many games in the backlog to actually say, hey, let's try something new out. Yeah, well, speaking of franchises that are coming back, though, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, already out in early access, and people people said good things about it, though super buggy at the moment. Um, if you want to get in early, why not? Yeah, so I, I'm definitely a franchise person. I, I New IPs are cool, but I, I think we had a cool discussion, and kind of a nice TLDR, you know, it's just gaming companies, just like in Kickstarters, just like in life, have to communicate so that players have reasonable expectations of their game. And players try to have a reasonable expectation. <laughs> <laughs> the hype train is real. Indeed it is. I mean, before we end things, Adam, do you want to give us, a, let us know what's coming this week in terms of your PS5 content and video? Uh, okay, so unfortunately, I am not going to be available Friday. I will be streaming, or at least I will be doing my best to be streaming on Wednesday. So you're going to be able to see something there. I am now, everything's installed, everything's set up. I'm going to be doing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Unfortunately, I do not have the, or maybe fortunately, I guess it depends on how much you like my face. Uh, I do not have <laughs> the, the camera so when I am streaming, you will not be seeing me because I do not have the new ps5 camera yet however the ps4 always streamed in 720 
I think this one is going to be streaming in 1080, so hopefully you'll be able to see a slightly better video there. Not even slightly, much better okay, uh, well. and much clearer picture of you up close. Yeah, for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, okay. I there are things I want to say, but I, I think uh, I'll save them for next time just to build up that anticipation. So yes, uh, our next after show will be a review of the PS5. So please make sure that you are there. We usually hit that around, well, that would be 10 a.m. our time. So that's what, 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern? Ah, yes, with daylight savings time. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll be streaming. I mean, of course, please come in at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern to watch our The Game Show. But yes. uh, if you absolutely just want to watch the PS5 thing, try to aim for around 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And uh, yeah, we will be reviewing the PS5. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to physically have it here to hold and show you because my computer room's in a different room. But uh, but yeah. Definitely. I love lots of video and pictures you could show Yeah, us. yeah, yeah. So Great. I'll show you guys that stuff. Um, but yeah, be there because, I mean, I'll review it, but I would love to answer questions as well because there are some things that they do differently i'll give you one hint uh or not hint but one taste of it for example on pcs we've had this for a long time where you can install a game and it'll install at a certain point and they'll say the game is now playable but not optimized and then once it's fully installed then it's you know optimal but you can actually play it before it's fully installed ps5 actually has that feature and that kind of threw awesome. me off because Assassin's Creed said that it was playable and I tried to play it, but because it wasn't fully installed, I couldn't couldn't use my PS4 saves that I had moved over and that kind of threw me off for a bit. So uh, you can partially install a game and play it, but there might be some features that are not fully there. So, But now everything's worked out. So I had to find that out the hard way. If you guys come in and ask me questions, you can find it out the easy way. So Definitely. So I will be putting that up on social media. Keep an eye on that. Streaming-wise, I'll be streaming Godfall, not today. Tuesdays always ends up being podcast day. So Godfall will be continue to be streamed. Mondays, uh, Wednesdays, this week, Wednesday, I'll start playing Godfall with Hans. So you guys will be able to see the multiplayer. Thursdays by myself. Fridays, unlikely Saturday. Saturdays end up being like a stay-at-home and work all day getting ready for next week. So that will be the Godfall stream. Adam is still going to be streaming Mondays, Wednesdays, Friday mornings, unless you have other commitments. Yeah, I have a side note. I do the I do filming for children's educational content. You know, the hi, kids. Welcome back. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so I am currently engaged in doing some video filming for a book. So I will be doing that Friday and I don't think we're going to finish. So I will probably be doing that again next week, although I'm not sure which days yet. So. so please keep that in mind. And with that, that's all we have time for. As always, please feel free to contact us on Twitter at GamingH, Facebook at Middle Age Gaming 2020, Instagram at Middle Age Gaming. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want us to do more like this, then please leave us a message, comment, or thought. Uh, please keep an eye out for the podcasts. Mine's will be out tonight. Adam's will be out on Saturday. And uh, apologies for social media. I haven't quite been on top of it, but I'm going to be getting on top of it, hopefully better this week. 
<laughs> okay. And we are trying to improve the visibility of our content. So, you know, use those thumbs up on YouTube videos and the likes on Facebook and all those other things are very important because they give us more of a street cred, I guess. Uh, so if you like what we do or you know somebody else who might, you know, go ahead, recommend it, like it, forward it along. And because we want to build a great medium for platforms for gamers like us who enjoy a variety of content. And as Crean said, you know, feel free to email us with ideas for themes that you would like for us to cover in shows. You know, we've been picking our theme so far, but we would love some fan feedback and be like, hey, could you guys talk about this or review that? And we would be more than happy. Okay. And with that's it. We will see you guys next week, Tuesday. Uh, keep an eye out for our videos on Facebook and YouTube and live streams. And see you guys next week. See you later.